Hi, I'm Kara Kilmer. I play Sylvie Brennan on Chicago Fire, and you are listening to Minas Amolis. gonna be all sunshine and roses but i can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride hey shy hearts welcome to episode 55 of meet us at molly's today we're gonna go ahead and cover chicago fire season six episode 17 this was called put white on me as always, I'm Gina. I'm joined by Bryna. Hello, everybody. Although I think this is a good time to say Bryna is joined by Gina because <laughs> we're together. Yeah, we're here in D.C. Well, Arlington, whatever, close enough. Yeah, Gina's visiting me for the weekend. We went and saw the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend tour last night, last night being Friday. It was perfect. Yeah, it was the best two hours of our lives. If you've never seen Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, wait until all three seasons of the Chicago shows wrap up and then go binge it. Cause yeah. It's incredible. It's so funny. And if you like musical theater, especially, you'll definitely like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yeah. But, yeah. So that's why she's here. And otherwise, we've just been doing some touristy stuff. And now we're going to talk about this week's episode. We've got our wine. We're ready. Yeah. yeah we're, we're finally relaxing after a whirlwind weekend. We've been quite productive in the past 48 hours. Yeah. We've done a lot. We pretty much did a DC walking tour in a day. And it was like an unofficial walking tour. <laughs> we basically just walked all over DC. Yeah. And yeah, so we then did we that. Then we saw the show. Yeah, then we went and saw the show. We saw that, like, mostly all the monuments. I think we only missed the Jefferson Monument, right? Yeah. Yeah. But we saw the White House, the Capitol, Lincoln, the Cherry MLK. Blossoms, MLK, World Korea. War II. Yeah, all of it. Very cool. <laughs> A lot of fun. But yeah, then we went to the show last night. That was fantastic. And then we got back and I fell asleep watching Jersey Shore. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a, yeah, I looked over and Gina was asleep. I was like, okay, yeah, time to go. Yeah, that happened. And then today being Saturday, we hit one of the museums and we had some cupcakes in Georgetown and now we're chilling out with our wine and we're ready to talk Chicago Fire. And somewhere in those like 48 hours, we watched and rewatched this episode. Yeah, and wrote the outline. So yeah, we've been, you're welcome, everybody. Yeah, you're welcome. We're productive. <laughs> um, also, you probably saw the picture we posted on Saturday afternoon of what we found at the museum. It was about the Great Chicago Fire. So yeah, if you haven't seen that, check out our Instagram. That's pretty cool. But as always, we like to jump in with the news, and that's exactly what we're going to do. Now, granted, our last episode was on Friday. Thursday. Thursday. I posted it earlier. All the days are blurring together. I, know. I don't know. You know by the end of next week, I'm going to like lose track of time zones yeah, I know. and everything. You traveled on Thursday. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. I know. Traveled on Thursday, traveling again on Wednesday. I just, by the end of next week, I'm going to be like, where, where am I? Do I live again? <laughs> What time zone? Time yeah, what zone what time is it? <laughs> yeah, um, so the first bit of news we got, we didn't get very much news, but we did get some little pieces. So first bit of news is not really a surprise to anybody. Coming right at a deadline, it just says Chicago PD showrunner Rick Eyed re-ups overall deal with Universal TV. The fandom is so split on this because I feel like half the fandom hates him and – Maybe not even half, but, like, a small percentage likes what he's done with the show. What yeah. do you think? I mean, I I like season five, mm-hmm. so, like, I'm okay with it. I don't think he's ruined it by any means. I think it's different. Yeah. But, like, that doesn't mean it's ruined or that doesn't mean it's not any good. So, I mean, I'm okay with it. I mean, 
I think it's a two-year over or it's a two-year deal. So mm-hmm. like, I guess we'll just have to see kind of where the season ends and like what that means and like where they might go in season six. But like, I mean, I don't know if I love it. I'm not like, oh my god, this is the best news ever. But like, I don't hate it. I'm not upset by it. Yeah, I I think Rick's done a great job with the show this season. I mean, it's really stepped up its game, and we've been talking about this all season. Yeah, it's just different. It's just different. I mean, I wish that they would give, you know, some of the relationships a little bit more attention, but after the con in March, we learned that we're not the only ones who feel that way. But otherwise, I would rather I would rather stay with the status quo than shake it up again. Right. Yeah, and so. I'd rather if it's going to continue the way it's going, I'd rather it be with the person who made it, like, this good from that, like, change, from the yeah. end of that change. Yeah. And that is Rick. Right. Right. So. So, yeah. So he'll be around. Uh, another piece of news coming out of a, a PD, from also from Deadline, Marina Scorciati has signed with Gersh. Now, this is a different agency. Uh, I know some people just saw that she signed with a different agency and kind of freaked, but, like. Well, and they saw that they freaked because, you know, it was, like, for literature and theater and, like, mm-hmm not necessarily television and it was like well what wait a second does that mean she's leaving pd no i don't think she's i don't think burgess is leaving pd anytime soon yeah i don't think so either i mean granted we don't know anything substantially but we don't think so right like she can still do theater you know chicago was a great theater scene like she could do it you know on a weekend if like if it was a very limited run like in this off season like that doesn't mean she's going to New York and, like, has to move somewhere else. Like, Chicago has a great scene for that. Yeah, and I think a lot of the actors in this universe got their start in Chicago theater. Yeah, I mean, Amy Morton, not necessarily Chicago theater, but they've done Chicago theater since then. Like, yeah, Amy yeah. Morton, I feel like, is the only one who's been, like, the star of Chicago theater. And, you yeah. know, she's incredible. But, like, I know Eamon's done a play since then. Like, mm-hmm. in Chicago, Monica has. Yeah. Raymond. So, like, a lot of people have done it while still being on the show. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think it's something to worry about. No, not at all. I, I don't think so. I think it's great news for Marina. I'm just ex- – I'm, I'm curious to see when we're going to see what she does with Kevin Hart. Yeah. Marina, if you're listening. Yeah. Tweet us because we're curious. We're curious. We just want to know. Um, yeah, so that's great news for Marina. Uh, another tidbit of news that we got, and this is just literally – I got an observation – the title of the Chicago Fire season finale will be The Grand Gesture. I feel like there's no use even speculating about it because it could mean anything. Where did we learn that from? Was that from like a – It was MC? on an Instagram. Oh. Somebody's Instagram. Somewhere. Somewhere. From like an episode description kind of or like an NBC Universal kind of – No, it was like somebody's screenshot? Instagram story. I can't remember whose. That's so weird. I know. I have the screenshot because I was going to send it to you. Yeah, I'm just curious where it's from. But yeah, I don't. There's not. I mean, there's nothing to like speculate off of this yet. No, I, I, we could spec. We could spend the whole episode speculating if we risked it. Well, and I mean, we don't. The thing is, is like, you know, we don't know when Sarah Shaw he's coming back. Like, I'm assuming she'll be around for the finale. Like, yeah. Cordova, I'm still as sure around at that point. Like, there's just so many things to happen still. Yeah. Like, is Bria gonna be back still at that point? Like, I don't know. So many things. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, one bit that I do want to just touch on before we get into the episode, this isn't quite on the outline, but there's been a lot of news kind of floating around the internet this week about renewals for the Chicago shows. Um, Med in particular, and there was one like floating around for PD. Guys, check your sources when this happens. Because the website that was reporting this, I can't even remember their name, but they are, that's how. Like far out it is. Yeah, that's how not credible the sources. Yeah, it was like renew cancel TV or something like that. Right. Like 
I feel like until you see it on their Twitter accounts, yeah. or until you see, like, Derek Koss tweet about it, or someone in the cast tweet about it, like, or unless it, it comes from a website that says NBC.com, like. Or, I mean, if it drops in the trades, like, if, if you see something from Deadline, TV Line, you know. Right. Even people. Entertainment Weekly. Yeah. Like, anything like that. I mean, stuff you know that is, like, credible. Plus, I think we all know how NBC ticks with the one Chicago shows. They don't announce one at a time. It's all three or it's nothing. Yeah. Well, last year, didn't they do all three and then they still had a, like, justice like dangling there for a little bit yeah but and then that kind of was like where we're like okay they're not getting renewed no but i i don't think they're gonna leave us hanging this time i think no i think they're gonna yeah. do all three at once all three have been solid in the ratings so guys just i think you it's know. gonna happen when upfronts happen which is like mid-may so which is like tv christmas i love upfronts right but yeah i think that's when it's gonna happen so like it's a month and a half away just you know guys i mean it's gonna happen I don't want to, like, get cocky about it, but the ratings are solid. Everybody's predicted that all three shows, are, it's a lock for renewal. Just be patient. It'll happen. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I want renewal just as bad as everybody else does. Like, we really want to, like, light up the group text with, holy shit, we've been renewed again. Well, and I text. think it was, you know, I think for us especially, like, we got really excited because, you know, Gina and I especially watch a lot of CW shows and me probably more than Gina. But, like... So they just got a bunch of renewals earlier this week, and it was just like, oh, my God, like, wait, CW's already renewing. Like, maybe that means NBC's coming. Maybe that means ABC, like, all the show, all the networks. Yeah. But, like, we know that's not how NBC works. So just, like, give it time. Yeah. It's going to happen. Just it doesn't happen as fast as CW does. Yeah, and it doesn't happen as fast as we as a fandom would like it to. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, we were talking about it yeah. – Oh, was it yesterday at dinner? We were talking about it, how, you know, we were thinking about besides the CW, like other network shows, like, or another, other networks, like what has been renewed and what hasn't. We couldn't even think of anything besides like, this is us, which got renewed for season two and three at the mm -hmm. same time. I don't even think we came up with anything else. No, really. I don't think we did. I think Netflix has renewed and canceled a couple of things. Right. But I mean, that's Netflix. But so that's so Netflix. Yeah, yeah. I don't we think. We couldn't think of any ABC shows yeah. really. Um, CBS, like anything like that. I mean, like I said, the only thing we came up with was This Is Us, which was two and three at the same yeah. time. And ABC renewed Roseanne, I know, but that was like immediately based off the first episode. And yeah. Yeah. But then Roseanne none of the, the whole other Yeah. Thing. And well, the CW always renews early as well. They always well, renew early and they always renew like in mass. Well, and the thing is, is like with the CW, they renewed their staple shows. They yeah. renewed 10 staple shows. They didn't renew. Besides Dynasty they, and Black Lightning, they didn't renew anything new yet. Yeah. I mean, those, I mean, like, granted, I don't think anything else is getting renewed, but, like, they still haven't renewed everything either. Right. So, like, they haven't renewed iZombie or The 100 or anything like that, even though those have been on for a couple seasons. So, like, they're still coming. Just wait. Just wait, guys. It will come, and we will celebrate with you when it happens. Yeah. Just, yeah, it, it, it will happen. So... Yeah, I think that's about all we've got for the news. Um, as always, if you see anything, please send it to us. However you'd like to get it to us is perfectly fine. Uh, yeah, and without further ado, we will jump into the episode. So, okay. So we talked about this earlier a little bit, like right when we went to get food before. But overall impressions of the, the episode as a whole? Eh, it's okay. I mean, for me, it was kind of a little – it's a little bit more of a filler episode, I feel like, than I'd like. Yeah. Um, I mean, granted, they – I mean, they touched on storylines that they know they're going to touch – you know, Severide, like, the thing with his mom and dad and Stella, whatever. Yeah. Like, that's all coming, and, like, this was a nice way to set that up. 
And then same with Darcy. Like, I know, like, we've talked about from episode descriptions, Bria's coming back. And that's going to hopefully be more than just an episode to, like, that sets up their stuff. And then, what? Oh, Otis. This was kind of like, okay, Otis is, like, you know, he's still recovering, whatever. Yeah. But, like, so it was just kind of a little bit of a filler episode. And granted, I mean, we're coming off of very big episodes for everything else. Mm -hmm. So I get it. Like, they kind of needed this filler episode. But, like, I mean, it's not terrible. But it also wasn't like, oh my god, this is the best episode ever. Right. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I feel like not a lot went down, but what did go down, we had a lot of opinions about. Right. Well, and it was funny. Like, we were talking about before we even started the outline. This morning when we were watching it, or watching part of it, and we were like, what even happened? And then it, like, took us a second. We were like, and then we started naming things. We were like, oh, I guess a lot did happen. Yeah. But, like, it just kind of, like, you know. And I feel like there were big moments, but not necessarily, like, a lot of other stuff. Like, I mean, there were storylines. Yeah. But, like, there was, like, you know, with Dossie, there's, like, that key, like, there's, like, two key moments for them. Yeah. And then, you know, Otis is, like, maybe, like, one key moment. And mm-hmm. same with Stellaride, maybe, like, two key moments. Yeah. Like, it's not like, oh, there's five key moments for this one storyline. Right. So, right. there's just, like, you know, beyond the, two, like, couple key moments for each storyline, there wasn't that much. Yeah. So... We'll start with Dossie. As always, we break it down by storyline. We will start with Dossie because there's 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 stuff. There's some stuff. There's some stuff. So we start the episode. They're walking into 51. And Gabby just casually asks Matt what he thinks of Cordova. And Matt is like the entire fandom. He's like, I don't like him. Like The entire fandom except for some people like me. I don't hate him, but I don't. Yeah, he's just, he's way too cavalier about taking Otis's position. And I'm like, all right, Matt, you're right there. Um. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I wasn't crazy about him last week, but, I mean. I felt a lot better about him last week than you did. Yes, that is true. After this episode, I kind of felt the same. No change, really. Yeah, no change. He didn't do anything. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was a moment I was like, what the fuck are you doing? But that had nothing to do with your attitude more than your firefighting skills, but yeah. we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah. So, Gabby had something going on, and Casey and Gabby together had something going on, but we're going to talk about both in one part here. So, Matt goes into his office or whatever. Gabby turns around, and the ambo is disgusting. It's, like, covered in snow and ice and dirt, and it's gross. Um, This is courtesy of First Shift. And so, Gabby's like, who the hell did this? Or, uh, you know, Brett tells her First Shift. And then Gabby's like, well, who is on First Shift? And Brett goes, oh, it's Chout and Rafferty. Solid callback. But since when did Chout and Rafferty work at 51? Well, I remember Chout was, like, a floater. Right. But, like, I didn't think they – I mean, I guess we've never – we haven't heard about them in a while. But, like, I didn't think they worked at 51. But um, maybe they're just on first shift and we never see them. Maybe. I don't know. But, yeah, I thought that was a great callback. Um, I remember – was it last week or two weeks ago we talked about an article that um, Derek had done in an interview or something and he was saying that we'll call back to a couple characters here and there? That was last episode. Last episode? <laughs> Because that was in the episode that was previewing, like, all of Severide stuff. <laughs> what day is it? What time zone am I in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. But, yeah, I thought that was a cool, cool callback. Especially Rafferty, yeah. if you guys were wondering, she's on The Arrangement now on E-Network. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Christina Evangelista, I think is her name. I could be very, very wrong. But, yeah. Yeah. And back. this is two episodes in a row. Like, we had Vargas last week. We had Chow and Rafferty this week. Like, who's coming next week, Mills? Oh, uh, Please? Please? <laughs> I don't know. I liked the theory that one of my friends came up with about Mills. And, uh, yeah, so one of my friends, she came up with this theory. She was like, Nadia never died, okay? She came up with this, like, AU version where she was like, Nadia and Mills 
got married and they opened a bakery in Wilmington. And <laughs> now they're like happily ever after. So I like that version a lot better than Nadia dying and Mills moving. Nadia dying. Yeah. Yeah. They got married instead and then they like opened a bakery together in Wilmington. That's a much better AU. It's so funny. Yeah. I like that a lot. So I'm just imagining Mills is very happy in North Carolina, but I miss him. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, yeah. So Gabby and Brett wait outside. Uh, well, wait. We skipped to the call. Oh, yeah. We skipped to the call. This call, time. y'all. We'll talk more about the call when we talk about Otis. But, yeah. So this call is happening. And while, like, all hell's breaking loose inside, Gabby and, Bre- Gabby and Brett wait outside. I haven't even had a full glass yet. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. They're joined by a second Ambo. And they recognize one of the medics. And he tells them about how he's gone private, quote, unquote. And how he's never been treated better. How, he, you know, he's like, oh, I have a life now. We have better benefits, better pay, whatever. Yeah, like, we don't have to work 24-hour shifts. Yeah. And I'm like, that does sound like the dream. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. Did you notice how they were wearing, like, nice shirts and ties? Yeah. I, I was just kind of like, that seems extra. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah. And then at Med, he gives them both a business card. Just and is like, hey, they're always looking for medics, you know. Give us a call if you want. We can give you your pitch. Our pitch. Yeah, yeah. So Gabby goes to throw it out, and then she decides against it. So also on their way out of med is where Gabby very, very casually just drops to Brett that she and Jake went out on a few dates, quote unquote, way back in the day. Yeah. A few dates. But like, she didn't even really give us a time period, did she? She just said a few dates. No. I mean, like, she does to Matt a little bit. She's like, I think it was a few weeks, but, like, I can't even remember. Like, that's how much it, like, doesn't even matter. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, Brett's like, okay, well, what's a few dates? Is it dinner in a movie or, like, leaving your toothbrush at his place? And I'm like, thank you, Brett. You are asking the most important questions because that was also my follow-up. You are a true friend. Yes. True friend. Sylvie Brett can come on the podcast anytime. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, what do you – I mean – Based off the interactions that we've had, I mean, granted, there's not been that many, but, like, the few interactions we've had between Jake and Gabby, do you think it was, like, dinner and a movie and maybe one night there was something? Or, like, you think it was all, like, dinner and a movie and they were all ended with leaving your toothbrush at his place? It got to that point is what I think. Yeah. Um, Based off what the guy said to Jake at Molly's and – Based on how they are around each other, it just kind of – it got to that point, I think. Because I am going to give Jake the benefit of the doubt here that he is not such a skis that he would only go, like, dinner and a movie with her and then tell her tell his guys that, like, he banged her. Right. And I feel like – I mean, Green, I don't know. I feel like if he was that much of a skis, like, he would have kept going – like, he would have gone to Molly's even though they broke – like, you know, like – even though they had broken up, broken up, I say in quotes, like yeah. broken up, stopped their thing or whatever. Like he wouldn't have let it like that affect his decision to go to Molly's. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he was staying away from Molly's the entire time. So yeah, right. he would, he like, wouldn't clearly, have stayed away. Right. He wouldn't have stayed away if he didn't care and like, didn't like just thought of it as like a fuck buddy. Yeah. 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 I just, I, I mean, how long ago was this? I'm just like, I, piecing the timeline together is what's driving me crazy. It's the, it's gotta be the paramedic, it's gotta be the paramedic academy, like after. Which means he's a medic too. 
I don't know. I know. <laughs> so we've got to ask. We got to talk to Derek and ask him this question. I know, guys. This is what we've been talking about on our like walks around DC. Is, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We literally we walked back from dinner. We grabbed like we got food to go and like came back and ate it here in my apartment. We literally talked about fire like the whole like ten minute walk back. Yeah, from dinner. Like, yeah, from getting food. Dinner. Like this is just how we are. <laughs> yeah, it's just how we think. So. Yeah, um, Gabby just thinks, she's like, well, Matt wants Cordova off the team anyway, so the problem will just solve itself and I won't say anything. Gabby! Yeah. No. No, 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 no. As much as I wish it were true, avoiding the problem never solves it. It just makes it worse. Right. And that's kind of my problem with her just, you know, telling Cordova, be like, yeah, I'm going to go. Sure. Like, you can have it, whatever. Like, if you don't want to tell him, that, if you don't want to tell Matt, that's fine. That yeah. is your decision. Mm-hmm. But, like... You have to make the decision whether you want to tell Matt or not. Yeah. Like, you can't just avoid the situation because someone kind of asks you to. Yeah. And think that's going to make it go away. Right. Right. Yeah. So, Cordova's not going anywhere, though. Even though, I mean, Casey wants him gone at first, but Cordova's not going anywhere. He does vet other names to Stella and Herman. And they're like, no, these guys suck. So, even Herman says that Cordova's their best option and that... Says a lot. Says a lot since Herman punched him in the mouth last week. Yeah. Um, which also, there was that funny moment where uh, Casey said he was like, well, I can't really run the risk of having Herman punch him in the mouth again and like stared at Herman and Herman was like, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And so later on, they're at Molly's. This is after the crazy call that we're going to talk about. So Matt's kind of changed his tune a little bit by this point. Because Cordova does some shit. But, yeah, so Cordova comes in, meets up with Casey. Casey's like, hey, let me buy you a drink. Like, he's being nice. And uh, Bowden's there, Mouch is there, Dawson and Casey. And so Cordova's saying hi to everybody, whatever, having a good night. Some rando comes up to Jake and is like, hey. Dude, hey, what's up? Yeah, and he's like, I thought you didn't come to Molly's because you used to bang one of the owners. Face palm. Awkward pause. Like, Mouch is looking like oh, Mouch is looking at the whole situation. He's like, "This is awkward." Bowden's like, "What do I do?" This is where you sip your beer, or wine, or whatever, and you just kind of look away. Yeah, you like, like duck under the desk. It's like the Michael Jackson Michael Jackson popcorn gif of like, "Oh, this is getting good." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like a super awkward pause. I was kind of hoping because like. Okay, in my mind, like, initially, when he was, like, used to bang one of the owners, I was like, okay, well, wait, there once was a day where Gabby was not the only female owner. Maybe Shay was, like, experimenting or something. Well, isn't isn't Stella technically, like, is she a part owner? I think. I don't remember how, though. I don't either. Is that season, what season is that even for? I don't even remember. Oh, because she came in with the ice idea. What? Yeah, the idea for the ice cube, like the one ice cube, and she got the ice maker. Oh. That, like, caught the back room on fire. But is that why she becomes an owner? I don't remember. I, don't I haven't remember. rewatched the, like, season four, and I don't think I've ever rewatched season five of Fire. So. If you remember how Stella became an owner, please let us know. It just escapes us at the moment. But either way, she was not the person, she's not, Gabby is the only female in owner at the bar that night so it has to be her yeah uh, so it just kind of washes over everybody's face gabby's like oh shit and casey's like you see the grinds like turning and like you, you just see like the wheels are turning in Matt, matt's head and then he realizes and, and then he like, like clicks and it's like oh shit. oh shit and he, he gets that like look of disappointment on his face oh bad so yeah so outside matt and gabby talk and by talk i mean it's like it's sort of a dossier argument but not really a dossier argument 
I don't even know. Yeah. So one of the things that Matt says to Gabby, he's like, well, I'm not going to ding a guy just because you dated before we knew each other or something along those lines. I completely disagree with Matt here, though, because, like, I feel like there are different stages to Matt Casey's anger. And, like, before he hulks out, there's, like, a mid-phase where he gets a little, like, whiny almost or, like, passive-aggressive kind of. Yeah. I mean, I agree that I don't think – he might say that, and I think he really does mean that, like, he probably wouldn't have got upset. But it's so hard to say that, like, I'm not going to ding a guy because you've dated, you know, like, before we even knew each other. Yeah. Like, I think he probably would feel that way. Like, I don't think he really would have cared if Gabby had come to him in the first place. I still think he would have been passive-aggressive towards Jake and not even realized it. Right. I don't think – he might have done that and not even realized it. But, like, he's not trying to set out to be, like, passive-aggressive. No. If but, Gabby had been up front with him in the first place. But we're going to talk about that. Yeah, I just – it's tough. Yeah, and so Gabby's like, it was so long ago, I don't even remember. And then Matt's like, I'm going home and gets in the truck. He just – just the the different levels of Matt Casey's anger are like – this is like that middle level where he's just kind of like whiny but like also like pissed off for the right reasons. But uh, yeah. I he's to, just acting. Like I don't even think it's necessarily whiny. He's just there. Like, he's just, like, you know, I got to do my job. And, like, like we said, like, the next morning, I mean, Gabby asked Matt if he's okay. And he's, like, yeah. That was not a, yeah, like, an okay, yeah. That was, like, a, I'm fine. Well, yeah. Like, yeah. he's, like, but, like, still, like, it's just he knows he has to go through the motions of work. So he's just, like, acting. He's just there. So it's Jesse Spencer acting as Matt Casey, acting that he's not pissed off. Kiss. <laughs> Yeah, so the next morning they're walking in and just like Bryna said, he answers like a total woman. She's like, are you sure we're okay? He's like, yeah, we're fine. And yeah, whatever. I almost feel like that's more of a boy thing than a woman thing. Like a man thing. No, uh, women do that all the time, don't we? Where we're just like, I'm fine. Yeah, but I feel like I feel like that's even more like, you know, I feel like, yes, it's a woman thing, but I also feel like it's a man thing to not want to talk about things. Yeah, that's true. Like it's it's a little bit of both. Like the way he said it. And, like, the fact that it's, like, I'm fine means probably has, like, 10 million different things going mm-hmm. is, like, a woman thing. But then the fact that he just says, I'm fine because he doesn't want to talk about it is very much a man thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And then we get a really sort of awkward interaction between Matt and Jake in the locker room. And I did kind of like this because Jake's kind of a gentleman about it, though. He's like, listen, I'm sorry. Like, I'm, I apologize. I don't want this to affect anything. And Casey's like, I don't really care. He's like, the fact of the matter is, you know – Gabby and I are married and I'm your boss. Yeah, I said it like I it basically amounts to two this conversation basically amounts to two things. One, Casey gets to have his like I'm the winner, she's mine moment, yeah. like fuck off. But then he also it basically just says, you know, Casey just tells Cordova that like this better not interfere with the job. Because like that's really all I care about is getting the job done. Yeah. But like see what I mean by passive aggressive? He's like, Gabby and I are married and I'm your boss. Subtext being I won bitch. True. Yeah. Yes, true. <laughs> yeah. So then Gabby and Brett are talking in the back of the Ambo, and Gabby just ponders giving SAS a call. She's really frustrated about the whole Casey thing. And, I mean, I I do kind of get it, though. I don't know. But, yeah, she's really frustrated. She's like, you know, she ponders giving them a call just to kind of, like, draw a line in the sand and be like, you know, separate the personal and the professional. Right. For the presumably the first time in her life. Yeah. We don't know for sure, but, like, presumably. She would be so lost without 51. No, I'm, yeah, no, I'm just even talking about, like, her relationship. Like, she's always seemed, at least on fire, like, as in the show's history, like, she's always had a thing for 
I mean, she's always been pining for Casey until she had him, but then she even had the thing with Mills and, like, you know, with Jay, even, like, even though that was kind of work, not work, whatever, <laughs> it was kind of all universe-related, so, like, she doesn't know not having relations with, like, city employees. Oh, never <laughs> forget the original Dawstead. Never forget. Like... So good. I mean, they were never meant for each other, but what they were while they were together was, was pretty good. cute. Yeah. So good. It was pretty cute. I will never forget that episode when at this point, like, she didn't realize Jay was a cop yet and he called her and she was like with Casey and she was like, oh, it's that loser cop again or it's that, like, that loser whatever again. And Casey's like, I'd be happy to have a talk with him if you'd like. I was, <laughs> <laughs> never forget the time Gabby dated Halstead. Ugh. So good. <laughs> Anyway, so, yeah, they get a call, and it's another one of those, like, man down from unknown causes calls, which, like, anytime I hear that, I'm like, oh, shit, because you know things are just about to go crazy. Yeah. yeah, so there are two men lying shot in the street. One's wearing red, one's wearing yellow, and so right as Sylvie goes to call a second Ambo, SAS shows up. How convenient. And they get out, and they're like, oh, this is not what we thought it was. We're not allowed to take high-risk patients. And Brett's like, the fuck do you mean high-risk? And Gabby goes, no insurance. So, like, right before she can really give them, like, a super judgy tongue lashing of, like, who the hell do you think you are, which you know Gabby would totally do, um, shots ring out because, surprise, it's a gang fight. And this isn't even just, like, a gang fight with just, like, you know, like, nine millimeter like whatever this is like full-on like machine gun like you would think this is like I don't even know what kind of mo- like a I don't even know like a die hard like I just fast and furious kind of like baby, baby, baby. like I don't even yeah yeah she gets crazy just casual you know yeah yeah and so surprise it's a gang fight um SAS ups and leaves they get into that ambo so fast and speed off like sorry Gabby sorry Brett you're on your own yeah and then Brett's like, what the hell? I mean, she doesn't say what the hell was. She's like, what the hell? Like, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. So they radio in a 10-1. They're like, hey, you know, somebody get your ass down here. This is crazy. They basically radio in for PD. And they're just kind of stuck there until 81 rolls up. That awkward moment when you radio for PD and get 81, 81. instead. Yeah. 81's like, yeah, we heard the 10-1 call. And then, yeah. So funny. So Bowden and Cordova at this point. So they all roll up, right? Bowden and Cordova, they jump out of the car, and they seem to think that, like, the same way to avoid a bear attack is an effective method of gun control. Well, it's funny, because, like, Bowden at least does it from, like, this behind, like, the car, like, his car a little bit. Cordova just full-on, like, runs out into the middle of the thing. He's like, bam! Like, I mean, you guys can't see me right now, but it's just like, (laughs) bam! Just throws his arms out, makes himself as big as possible, and is like, hold your fire! Yeah, like, what the fuck, dude? Like, what do you think you're doing? Who are you? He might have more of a god complex than Connor. (laughs) Like, did you, like, learn how to be a firefighter in the middle of the woods or something? (laughs) Are you sure you didn't learn this in, like, backwards Wisconsin? Were you raised by Smokey the Bear? Right. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even know who the fuck you think you are in that moment. Right, like... Okay, just... Usually, like, flailing your arms up and down and yelling, hold your fire, just gets you shot. Right, like, what did you think that was going to do? Like, I feel like if they were going to be afraid of anything, it would have been, like, hearing sirens and being like, oh, shit, like, somebody's coming. Mm -hmm. Like, whether it's police or fire trucks, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, not a firefighter running, like, your firefighter jacket does not make you bulletproof. No. You are not the police. Sorry, dude. Just ask Otis. (laughs) Uh, Gina! (laughs) Too soon! 
sorry. Gina went there. Too fucking soon. <laughs> yeah, doesn't make you bulletproof. Um, your radio, however, does if you ask Stella. Gina. Not over it. Not over it. Just, no. Yeah. So somehow this works. I, I don't even know. Maybe it's a Cordova's sexy voice, like that email we got. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got an email from, I think it was Erin was her name, right? Yeah, Erin. I'll yeah. pull it up. But yeah, Erin, um, there was a couple of good points she made in there, but I got a kick out. Hold on a second. I'll edit this out. Maybe his vo- voice has like a calming effect. Maybe. Although I will give Aaron this. He is super hot. Yeah, no, he totally is. Let's see. Where what did Aaron say? She said Um interesting take on Cordova for me. His voice. Oh my god, talk about sexy and does all the right things to me. Even though he's a douche, I do like hearing him talk all day long. So maybe she, it just had that effect. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, so that – it somehow works. Um, And they're all like, oh, great. Like, everybody's okay. So later on at med, Gabby basically tells SAS to shove it. They bring in some rich lady while they're like, okay, well, the shooting victims are going to make it. And Gabby's like, kiss my ass. You can have your card back. Well, so we had this conversation earlier. Yeah. And I didn't – I don't know enough about, you know, private ambulance companies, whatever. Like, I don't know anything. I didn't get the chance to research it. But I asked you this question and I, you know – if the rich lady was lying down next to the gun victim, yeah, like one of the gun victims, so say she replaced the guy in the yellow shirt, yeah, and so it was two of them there. If Gabby and Brett had taken the other one, you know, the other gang member, mm-hmm. and they had taken the rich lady who was shot, would that have been, you know, would they have saved her and like helped her? Because she is a rich lady who presumably has insurance. I think they would have. That The way they make it sound. That's fucked up. See, yeah, no, it's totally fucked up. Because when he said high risk, I thought they just meant that, like, they're so bougie that they can't put themselves in the line of fire like well, that. I didn't even think about that. My thought with high risk was just, like, we don't deal with gunshots. Yeah. Like, that's what I thought. And I was like, okay, that's stupid. Like, you're in Chicago. But, like, okay, like, I get it. Like, yeah. you know, whatever. Like, we only will take things that are, like, an ankle sprain and you can't get yourself to the hospital. Or, like... You know, something where you need to be transported in an ambulance, but it's not, like, as serious. Right. So that's what I thought that by they meant by high risk. And then Gabby says the whole thing about insurance. It's like, well, fuck this. Like. Yeah. I mean, I guess I get it. But, like, when in my, you know, I mean, we've talked about this. Like, I've worked in a doctor's office before. Like, anytime we dealt with no insurance, I mean, there was, like, a fee for them to be seen or whatever. And then, granted, I mean, granted, if they usually didn't have insurance, they usually canceled their appointment, never came in. Or if they came in, then it just obviously and they couldn't pay and whatever, then it turned into a whole, like, collections, like, billing problem. Yeah. But, like, we didn't see any – we did not see anybody because of that. Like, you can't turn someone away. No. No. Especially Just, after, like, our – like, I mean, the policy, like, at home, you know, and that – I don't know how it works in all these other doc offices it is, but, like, at home was, like, especially because our office had a partnership with the local hospital. Like, mm-hmm. if our doctor saw them in the hospital, like, we had to see them, like, because they are already a patient. Yeah. Regardless of whether they had insurance or not. Like, we had to see them in the office. So, like, I just – I don't know if it's different with ambulance companies, whatever. Like I said, I didn't get a chance to research it, but, like, I saw that and I was like, for fuck's sakes, like, what the hell is this shit? Yeah, I feel like in my part of town, I see mostly private ambulances. But when I worked in the downtown area – like I was telling you the other day, we had like – there was a hot spot right by my old office where we would see DM, like local ambos all the time. It wasn't usually private. It was usually city. When I don't know if I've ever seen like local 
or not seeing like not seeing local ambulances because here I see local ambulances all the time mm-hmm. and I mean the other day like I see a lot of the airport ambulances I don't know why but I do yeah I live right by the airport but like besides that I mean I don't I never see private ambulances yeah I just I just never weird. thought about I don't know. it before. and like I wonder I figured like you said for Chicago like I figured there'd be a little bit more local like with fire you know whatever yeah. rescue companies whatever it is like for cities I feel like that's probably a little more common and I feel like maybe private ambulances are like in smaller towns or whatever mm-hmm. I don't know something I'm gonna pay more attention to now yeah and something I want to figure out the answer to yeah just because I'm genuinely curious genuinely curious yeah so the episode ends with Gabby walking in to apologize to Matt. I have opinions on this because – Go for it first. She walks in and she is just like, I will tell you as many times as you want to hear it, I'm sorry. Keep in mind this woman just survived like a just ambush of bullets everywhere. And so Matt's just like, I wish this was the first time you hid in something from me, but it's not. And then he just talks about how he's like, well, the more you hold back, the more distance it creates between us. Okay, so forget the barrage of bullets that she just survived, but it's just too much distance between them for him to, like, be worried. I mean, I don't think that – I mean, I'm sure he was worried, and I'm sure, like, when they came back for the first time, like, I'm sure you saw it there. Mm -hmm. Like, I just don't think you just didn't see it in the episode because, like, Mm -hmm. you shouldn't see it. Okay, here's my my issue, and this – I – Posed this to you earlier, but I feel like Gabby holds or Matt holds Gabby to a higher standard than Gabby holds him. Because in times where Matt has made a mistake, Gabby's like super understanding, if I remember correctly. But anytime that Gabby makes or did I say that right? Anytime Gabby makes a mistake, Matt is like Matt's like super hard on her. Okay. And we, I mean, we had a little bit of this conversation. I think, for one thing, I think when it if this comes to this issue specifically, I don't think it's about standards. I think it's just about the fact that, like, you know, like, how can you be in a relationship some, with someone if they're constantly hiding things from you and they're constantly not honest? And they're constantly saying, this is the last time I swear I'm going to change. Mm-hmm. I think that would be, for me, if I was in Matt's shoes, like, that would be really hard. Um, and especially when it's the same issue over and over again for the same thing. Um, but to your point about, um, like Matt holding, even we're including standards, Matt holding Gabby to a higher standard. I think the thing is when Matt messes up, I think a lot of the times it's not been around, it's not necessarily been about their relationship. Mm-hmm. It's been about like Matt, I don't even know. Like not, it's not necessarily something that could affect their issue relationship it's just something Matt messed up and like Gabby has to be there to support him yeah so like I think it's a very different whereas I feel like a lot of times when Gabby does mess up it does have to do with their relationship it usually has to do with the fact that she wasn't honest about something yeah where I feel like the things I'm thinking about like with Matt messing up is like like something about an alderman issue or like something about you know when he had like the what's the girl at the club that got shot in his apartment I don't even remember her I name, mean, and I'm so glad I don't. But, like, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, it, like, there are things that Gabby is ending up, whether it's a friend or as a partner or whatever, yeah. like, she's there to support him. Yeah. But Matt never messes, or, like, if it's, like, a Captain Casey issue or whatever, but it's never something that directly affects their relationship. When they seem to write Gabby as messing up, it is something that, it's usually about being honest in their relationship, so it does, Matt does have a reason to be 
you know, yeah. upset. That's true. But my whole thing, like I said, my whole thing is just I feel like if I was in Matt's shoes, I would feel the exact same way. Yeah. And so, like, for me, I, I really side warm with Matt on this. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, you know, I think it's hard. And I think he's always going to have that doubt until she proves him wrong. Until she says, hey, this is an issue. Like, this is something I have to show you. Like, whatever. And I'll be really curious to see when Bria comes back. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, Matt was okay with, you know, Matt was a you know, they fostered Bria, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, like, if Ga- if Bria comes to Gabby because she ran into her or whatever, does Gabby hide it from Matt? Or does Gabby say, hey, Matt, Bria called me. I'm going to check in on this. Whatever. Like, I don't know. I feel like that could be a big test in, like, Gabby seeing whether mm-hmm. Gabby's honest or not. See, and it's interesting you bring up Bria because the other thing, too, was that when Matt said he was, like, this isn't the first time, he brought up Bria. Yeah. But I understand why she didn't tell him about Bria because she knew exactly how he was going to react. But that doesn't – I mean, and we, again, we've had this conversation, but, like, that doesn't mean she shouldn't have told him. Right. Because, like, just because she knew how he was going to react doesn't mean he doesn't have the right to know. Right. Like, if she's out all night, you know, with Severide in, you know, Chicago's version of Skid Row, like, you know, searching for Bria or whatever and doing all that stuff, that doesn't mean, granted, Matt, you know, might not have been okay with it. And that's a whole separate issue. Yeah. But, like, that doesn't mean he doesn't need, deserve to know where his wife is at, like, 1 a.m. Also true. And a not, you know, that's not like, hey, I'm out with a friend, like, or I'm out with Brett or I'm out with Severide or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, in a not-so-great part of town, like, he kind of deserves to, like, have a heads up. Yeah. Like, my thing is, like, you know, this is just, like, in terms of, like, my relationship with my parents, like, when I was in college, but, like, would be home on spring break or summer break or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's kind of the same thing. It's, like, my parents are, like, I don't really care what you do. Like, you know, you're going to live your life, like, you're 20, 21, whatever. Yeah. But, like, just let me know kind of where you are. Like, just be honest about what you're doing and, like, yeah. we don't care. Like, you, you know, you're over 18, you're an adult, whatever. You can mm-hmm. do whatever you want. But just kind of be open and honest and, like, as long as you're doing that, like, I mean, obviously, and then they asked for me to, like, let them know when I'm coming home and, like, where I am. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. Like, those are fair rules, whatever. And I yeah. feel like it's kind of should be like that with their relationship. Like, Matt doesn't, shouldn't have any say in what Gabby does. Right. But, like, as long as she's honest with him. And, like, open being, like, hey, I'm going here with Severide. Like, this is what happened today at work. And, like, that you didn't see on this call. And, like, then Matt can't – if Matt gets upset, then he – like, he, you know, that's his problem. Yeah, I think that's my biggest problem is that I don't want Casey to be getting in the way of Gabby trying to do the right thing. Right. And I think there's a difference, though, between that – and Gabby being honest with him about what she's doing. Yeah, I think you're right. Because I, I don't think Casey would ever intentionally get in the way of Gabby trying to do the right thing. But, yeah, I, I yeah, they huh. – I don't think it was until this episode that I realized, because I know you've been saying all season that they have communication issues. I think it was this episode that I finally was like, shit, Brenda's right. Yeah. And like I said, uh, for me, they just need to have, like, a big – Fight. They just need to have a big fight, like, lay it all on the table. Like, I don't, you know, if there's, if somebody says something that's a little harsh, like, okay, whatever, we'll move past it, whatever. They just need to lay it all out on the table, whatever they want to say. And then use those pieces and, like, build a stronger marriage off of it. See, but the way I see that is that if they have a big blowout fight, I imagine it being similar to Jack and Rebecca at the end of season one of This Is Us. Like, a blowout cliffhanger, holy shit, I hope they're okay fight. 
Well, but then that's okay because, you know, we were just talking about, I mean, we talked about a lot of things on our, like, we, I mean, again, we've been together for like 48 hours at this point. Um, we talked a lot about things and we were having a conversation on the way back from dinner, like when we were taking our dinner back tonight about just like, write the terms of like how TV writers write marriages and whatever. And I was seeing something about the fact that, you know, it's really hard. And I think part of the reason why it's so hard for me to like couples sometimes that are married is just because like they get married and then like, and then what? Like, what happens? Like, because they're not, unless they're going to head for a divorce, like, you know, rarely do they do something with, like, couples breaking up or whatever. And then usually the only other storylines is has something to do about kids or pregnancy or not being able to get pregnant or adoption or whatever. Like, they all have to do around that. At least with that, and at least with the way Jack and Rebecca was, it was something to, it was a storyline. And it was something in order to have more character development and more development and growth of that relationship and whatever. Yeah. So I'd almost rather have that. Like, I'd almost rather have, like, finale, cliffhanger, like, Jack and Rebecca season one, end of season one kind of fight where it's left and you're like, well, shit, what is going to happen next? Yeah. Rather than, like, them just dancing around this topic of, like, honesty and, like. Yeah. So I'd almost rather have that because then it builds, it's something to go off of in season seven. Yeah. For that relationship. It's something for them to work towards in a storyline and something that's not necessarily about kids. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah. I just, I don't like fighting, but I mean, I. I I think I don't like fighting either. As a shipper, I don't like fighting, but I think a lot of times fighting, if they're really committed to that couple and they're really committed to making sure that they stay together and whatever, I yeah. think fighting can lead to really good character growth and I think it can lead to really good storylines and I just, I think fighting can be worth it sometimes as much as as a shipper. Right. I hate it. I feel like if any couple is going to fight and be fine and like be better for it in the end, it's going to be Dossie. Right. Because we've seen, I mean, in one terms of one Chicago, we've seen characters not fight and like be way worse off. Yeah. AKA Bartonio. We were just talking about that before we started recording. Yeah, I know. That's why I bring it up. Somebody posted in the Shy Hearts group, like somebody posted a meme or something and it just, we're never going to come back to it, are we? Season seven, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, if yeah. only, uh, we're not going to go on this rant. We could. We want to go on our side tangent. I mean, we're pretty much done talking about. If you want to. I mean, we're I wine care. drunk already, so go we're for it. We're a little tipsy. I mean, okay. Side note. Here's our little Bretonia rant that we were having before we started recording. If, Anto- if Britt had just said, hey, Antonio, here's what's up. I thought I was pregnant. I, you know, whatever. I'm not pregnant. But I really like you, and I realized that I want to do life with you, whatever. Even though Antonio had been set up on a date. That does not mean that they were exclusive. Brett took it as being like, I have a new girlfriend. Like, I can't say anything. But you could have said something like, and he would have dropped that instantly. All she had to say was, I want to be with you. If she couldn't say it, she could have just played the Mandy Moore song and said, I want to be with you. He would have <laughs> dropped everything. He would have, yeah. And so, also, Atwater, we love you, but we're a little pissed. Because Derek basically confirmed that it was Atwater that set Antonio up on this blind date. You knew he was in love with Brett. No, Atwater probably didn't know. But, like, he probably had an ink. Although we never seen on PD, so he might not have known. Because Bretonio is a fire ship, as you have so accurately stated in the past. Everything's a fire ship. 
That Unless is true. Unless this is exclusively, exclusively between two characters, it is all a fire ship. Unless you are Berzik, in which case it is non-existent. But either way, when it is exist, it was existent, it was still a PD ship. But, but like, yeah, I know. Plouch is a fire ship, Bretonia is a fire ship. We've had wine, y'all. Please don't judge us. I'm no, sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. back to Gabby and Matt. Yeah. Basically, yeah. It ends with, you know, it ends well. So, Gabby's yeah. like, I promise I'll be, you know, I'm never going to do this again. And then she's like, I don't want distance. But then Matt was like, you know, just gives her a look and they hate. They have a big squishy hug, which I didn't write, type in hug in the outline, so it just like it just says they have a big squishy. <laughs> oh god, that's funny. We are children. Um yeah. So I think I'm just not a fan of Gabby apologizing like she's a child, being like, it'll never happen again, or I won't do it again. You're not a child, Gabby. You, you are a grown-ass woman. I know, but she the thing is it's like it's an empty promise. She says it and never follows up on it. So I'd rather her not say it or if she's going to say it, then she has to do it. I mean, if they're going to have any flaw in their relationship, at least it's that, like, they can't communicate and not that they're, like, cheating on each other or something crazy like that. That's true, but communication's a big part. Yes. Like, it's not like – if I think a big flaw – if their biggest flaw in a relationship that's something I'm not going to worry about is, like, not doing the dishes or, like, you know, something, like, stupid like that. Yeah. Like, communication's a big part. Yes. Yes, it is. No, like, I – You can't just, you know – yeah, overlook that. It is. I mean, I try to think of like times when I, I, I eventually end up telling Charlie pretty much everything. But like when things first happen, I'm like hesitant to tell him, and then I tell him, and then I tell him why I was hesitant to tell him. Right, and I think that's okay. Yeah. But the thing is with Casey and Gabby is Casey usually finds out from some other source that's not her. Yeah. In your relationship, it sounds like Charlie at least finds out from you. Before he can find out from something else or somebody else or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. So Does Charlie care? I mean, granted, I know Charlie's not listening, but does Charlie care that you, like, talk about this stuff, like, on the podcast? I don't think so. <laughs> I'm just curious. I, I mean, because he doesn't listen. Right. So. <laughs> like, I just love how open you are about it on here. I've had wine. <laughs> no, but even, like, not when you haven't had wine. No, I know. Like, when we were in Chicago and I told the twins that... I have three free passes, and so does Charlie. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I just – we should move on before I blab more things. Okay, so let's talk about Otis, shall we? Yeah. Okay, Brenna, will you please <laughs> – Yeah, so um, the very first scene of the episode starts with Otis, like, rehabbing. We see him, you know, working on his walking, whatever. And Bowden comes to basically offer him a job at the bullpen, like – you know, it was said last week in last week's episode that, you know, Otis, you know, he can't return back to full duty, which, I mean, I knew was coming, but at least, you know, it gives him something he can be around everybody when they're not, you know, on calls and, you know, it gives him something to do that, you know, won't drive him crazy. We're basically stuck with Jake for two months. At least. At least. At, at the minimum. Yeah. So anyway, so they're having a team mode. Team, oh my God, team mode. <laughs> Dear Lord. <laughs> team meeting. Um, at 51, and Otis arrives, and everyone's thrilled until they get a call. And pretty much, Otis, obviously, Otis can't go with them, so he has a major case of FOMO. Then we get to this call. This is crazy. Y'all, this call. So, basically, a scoreboard at, like, a YMCA kind of pool falls, and one of the cord, one of the, like, cords has snapped. So it's, but it's still on, because it's still electric, so it's, like, Lingling around and whatever. It reminds me of when you know that episode 
when there's like the bounce house and there's like the electric fire, you know, whatever. Yes. Yeah. It's funny, Joe and Yuri and Christian actually brought that episode up at Con as one of the hardest to film just because of the fact that it was like 95 degrees that day. And then obviously you're in those suits because you're firefighters and you know, whatever, but it insulates heat. Yeah. And so they were like talking about just how it was like super hot and whatever. Ooh. Um, that sounds awful. And just gross. And then you like basically you don't pee because, <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of what it reminded me of. But anyway, so, you know, now, like, to quote a kid who runs out to meet them, people are getting electrocuted. Yeah. So, they roll up, and it's squad and truck and whatever. Squad pretty much just has to, like, lasso the two, like, adults, super fat, whatever, um, who are already electrocuted and, like, just laying there. And then Stella and Cordova end up going after a kid who won't get out of the pool. Okay, let's talk about this kid. We gotta talk about this kid. Yeah. Okay. This kid is swimming away from them. I'm like, like... Later in the episode, we're like, yeah, that's a cute kid. But during this episode, he's swimming away. I don't want to call this kid a brat, but, like, why is he swimming away? He's scared. Does he not realize the danger, like, electricity, water? No, I think he's six. I think I've had wine. (laughs) No, but you felt this way earlier, too. I did, because I'm a horrible person, but... But he's, like, six. Yeah. I just, if all the kids are wanting to to the firefighters, why would he run away? He's just scared. Uh, I don't know. Also, okay, so Stella jumps in after him, right? Yeah. Why does Jake go? What's the purpose there? Stella's got it. Yeah, but Jake's all about proving himself right now. So Jake, Stella jumps in and Jake's like, yeah, I'm going too. <laughs> <laughs> and so he like, you know, because like last week, Casey didn't let him help. Mm. So this week he's like, yo, I'm staying here for a while. I got to prove myself. Yeah, so it's like a dick swinging competition even though he's like, well, wait. Oh, yeah. Never mind. I'm still going. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I mean, I think that's what when we were joking about with him with the gunfire. I think that's what that was too. I mean, I think it's a little bit of like him, you know, Gabby being there and, you know, yeah. at one point he had feelings for Gabby. So like, whatever. He doesn't that was the other her. part of it too. He's like, hold your fire. You will not pass. You shall not harm Gabriella Dawson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think that's part of it. But I also think it, I mean, I think both of these cases are fires, calls. They were not fires. Calls this week. Um, I think they were just about Jake wanting to prove himself. And so that's why he kind of does the things he does. He was protecting Gabby in that shooting. That was the other thing that didn't, like, I, yeah, I forgot to mention that. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so of course, it's so convenient that as soon as they get the kid and get right out of the water, Matt and Herman get into the room to turn off the thing, to turn off the electricity, and as soon as that, all of that happens at once, the board falls, the scoreboard falls. So convenient. Yeah. I also want to know how, like, Cruz and Severide were able to, like, lasso them so easily. Because it's... Because it's TV. Well, A, because it's TV. And, like, I was about to say, like, I'm sure... Did they learn that in squad training? Like, are they cowboys in squad training? And they wear, like, the cowboy hats. And, like, I... I really wish we could have asked that question when we visited Engine 18. Oh, my God. I know. Anyway. Um, So then they're in the locker room. And Stella's there, you know, with the kid warming warming him up. uh, But he won't really say anything. Or really leave Stella aside. Um, and they come, you know, I don't remember who comes in and is like, hey, well, like, 
you know, do you know who this is? Whose kid is it? And Stella's like, well, no, I just assumed his parents were outside. And they're like, well, all the kids have gotten clean. I think it was Matt. Yeah, whatever. I think it probably was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're like, well, yeah, okay, we'll end up just taking him back to 51, whatever. And Jake makes this comment about, like, it's been a long time since I jumped into a pool with my clothes. And then... Yeah, that's cute because nobody cares what you did in college, well, Jake. funny because, like, I made a comment about, well, it was like, oh, I guess this is a reference to Jake's, like, while a past. Meaning, like, I meant, like, college. Yeah. And then someone was like, well, how does that mean, like, while like while a past? Like, what does that mean? And I'm like, what do you think that means? Of course, like, that is typical junk college shit. Like, what do you think that means? Like, I wasn't talking about Jake being, like, 30 and, like, jumping in. Like, I was talking about college yeah nobody cares what you did in your friend at college jake nobody cares okay um but anyway so like i said they decided to take the kid back to the firehouse um and connie sets him up at joanne's desk and stella you know gets him situated with a color book first of all who the fuck is joanne <laughs> right like we're like is that the connie of first shift like uh, yeah i yeah i but the thing is i thought connie was just there all the time like a nine to five I did too. Like, I mean, obviously, I don't think Connie is there at 3 a.m. No. Right. So, who the fuck is Joanne? Second of all, this is really sad seeing this. Like, this is our first real Connie scene that, like, since she died. Because the last time we saw Connie was the night before. Yeah. So, like, it was just really heartbreaking to see that. Every time I see her name in the credits, I'm like, oof. Yeah, because I saw that her name in the credits before we saw her. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, Deshaun's in this episode. It's just sad. It's just, it's really sad. I have questions about that, too. Like, did that hospital dismiss her? Like, did, just, they talk about, you know, like, women and healthcare and stuff and how, like, doctors can be dismissive and things like that. Like, Well, that's the story that went around, or that's floated just, around the internet, but I don't think that was ever confirmed. It just that. makes me sad. Um, yeah. It's really sad. But anyway. So, the kid is humming, humming as he colors... And so Otis is like, hey, well, this is the best time to start asking him questions. Because, of course, again, Otis is working in the bullpen. So Otis is able to get out his name, his parents' name, his address, like yeah. the whole shebang. The kid's name is Xander. His parents' names are Franklin and Mommy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he even knows his address. So Otis is able to search it and gets a hold of the father and who, ends, you know, comes to pick him up. And, of course, you know, that should be problem solved, right? Nope. Nope. I, as soon as I saw, it was like, it was like 10, 20 or something here on the East Coast when that happened. I was like, oh, geez, there's 40 minutes. There's no way this is wrapped up that fast. No. This cannot be good. So at the end of shift, Otis and Bowden are walking out and a woman walks up to them. And it's the mother who informs them that, you know, it's the mother. And she's like, you know, where's my kid? And they're like, well, we gave him to the father. And she's like, wait, you gave him to the father? Like, he doesn't have custody, like, he's a lunatic, like, I'm going to see you guys. Okay? Yeah. And Bowden and Otis are like, wait, what? What is happening? So then it gets, of course, it goes to the higher-ups, and they are pissed because she's not even really threatening to sue at that point. She's starting to go to the news stations because that's a more effective way of getting this shit done which the higher-ups feel it's even worse than being sued well yeah because that's you know it it tarnishes their reputation because at least with getting sued you can kind of hide it and keep it hush hush if they just settled yeah so it's yeah it's tarnishing their reputation a lot worse than just settling yeah um and so Otis feels so terrible and like he's so terrible that he really doesn't he doesn't show up to work the next day 
He ends up going to the house um, to apologize, and, but the mother just kind of slams his door in the face. And Gina points out, she's like, Otis is driving and walking so much better than he has been. Yeah, he really is. Like, I noticed that. He gets out of the car. I'm like, okay, well, first off, Otis is driving. Second off, he's walking a lot better than he's been. So, like, everybody just kind of make a note of that. He's on the mend. Yeah. I couldn't drive after my surgery for, like, two weeks, three weeks. So, like, not that my surgery is in any way comparable to getting shot in the neck. But he's on the mend. So, like, you know, just patience, guys. Like, this is good. Yeah. And so as he's leaving after he got the um, door slammed in his face, he notices that there's one of those stick figure family decals on the back of the car window, and he notices that it looks brand new, and he notices that there is, in fact, a father, a mother, a baby. A Xander. Yeah. And a Mr. Doggy. Yeah. So Otis goes back and knocks on the door, and he starts questioning them about the decal, and the mom's like, what the fuck, like? Get out of here. And then the husband comes around the corner. He's like, well, honey, what's wrong? And Otis just snaps a photo and leaves because he figures out that they're scamming CFD. Otis pulled up his camera, like, stupidly fast. Yeah, there was no way that actually happened. No. There's clearly, like, a pause and, like, a scenes put together or something happened there. Well, that's funny that you mentioned that, too, because there is that scene. He knocks on the door the first time, and he waits for the train to, like, pass because, like, the train goes by and it's, like, super loud. And then he waits for it to go by and then he just starts talking again. Why did they use that take? I'm, like, curious. I, I'm, like, surely you took multiple takes of that. Why did you wait for the train to go by? Or why did, you, why did they use that take? These are the nerd things that I think about. I don't know. But anyway. So after he shows the photo to, like, the higher-ups who mm-hmm. are literally about getting ready to, like, settle. Yeah. Um, they immediately change their tune and drop the issue. And it kind of makes Otis realize that, like, being in the bullpen is kind of important and, like, he can do good things even though from the bullpen. So he tells Bowden that he'd like to continue working in the bullpen if that's okay with him. Yeah. And Bowden's like, well, of course it is. Cool. Something that, I mean, he did tell the mom at one point, you know, he explains, he's like, I was recently injured and in my haste to matter, he's like, I just kind of worked quickly. And that, like, makes me so sad. I'm like, I just, it makes me sad that he feels like he doesn't matter in the That was, like, one of those like screaming at the TV moments where it's like, you matter, Otis. You've always fucking mattered. For sure. For sure. That makes me sad that he feels like he doesn't matter. Like, yeah. Yeah. I hope he's like open with what he's going through and talking to Cruz and talking to Brett and, you know. Lily. Lily. Yes, Lily. I want to see more of her. We love you, Ari and Reinhardt. We really do. Please come on the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just – this was a good step for Otis. and I mean, yeah, good step. So, yeah, hopefully we just continue to see Otis getting better and better. And then, like, I, I'm just curious how this is going to end for Otis. Because, like, remember in the beginning of the episode, he had mentioned coming back. He's like, yeah, I'll be back on truck in no time. And Bowden's face just kind of, like, dropped. Right. Well, because I think Bowden probably knew that he was going to be much longer than, like, a week. Yeah. Or, like, two months even. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the question, if there was damage to his spine in any way, shape, or form, does that, I mean, is he even going to be able to fight fires anymore? I don't know. There's, especially with workers' comp patients, I mean, things that can go on for a while. Fuck, what is the name of that test? There's, like, a test that they do. Like, one, like workers' comp cases have been going on for a while. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, the workers' comp insurance and, like, the workers' comp people that are, like, dealing with the case, there's, like, a separate test that they can, like, order. Fuck, what is it? It's full... I don't know, but it's, like, to help assess, like, how 
like much full like full capacity like can they go back to work and mm-hmm. like sometimes it's determined it's like 50% like that they can go back and like be at 50% best at what they once were. Yeah. Um, and the, But that usually goes on with cases or patients that have been, you know, around for a while and still being seen for the same workers' comp injury. But, yeah, like, I don't – I don't know. I, it's it, – in my opinion, in my in my medical opinion. <laughs> we're TV doctors, damn it. <laughs> yeah. I'm totally a doctor. You know, that's what I get for growing up with one and working in an office. Um – yeah, I don't think – I think it's going to be way longer than that, mm-hmm. but, like, I don't know. Yeah, I just – I think of it – I mean, I, I kind of go back to soccer because I'm, you know, whatever. Hi, Gina's an MLS fan if you haven't – if you didn't already know that. Yeah, we know that. I mean, yes, we do, but I think of soccer. Like, not even just American soccer, thanks, but, like, when a soccer player has, like, a heart problem or something, even if they recover, they still don't come back to the sport. Oh, no, I think about it – I think in terms of, like, I mean, my – my basketball love. I think about it like Chris Bosch. Like Chris Bosch had a heart thing. He tried to come back. He the literally the next year at the same exact time, All Star Weekend, got diagnosed with again. And like he keeps saying that like he wants to come back, but like I don't think it's gonna happen. Like I don't think any team is gonna be like clear him enough to play. Yeah, that's because what I mean. he has such a heart issue. And like it's not you know you can't just play at home. Like, yeah, it's a traveling thing, and so like it worse when he travels and blood clots and whatever. And so like you can't not like just play you can't just play at home 41 games yeah I mean I guess you could but like yeah nobody's gonna just sign you for that you can play 15 minutes a night if you're Lucas Scott (laughs) (laughs) no but I'm like the worst yeah whatever like but I mean like as in like even if you may even if you're gonna come back from this injury or this setback the damage is done Right. That's what I mean. So I'm, I'm curious to see if that's the route that they're gonna go with Otis if that's the route this kind of injury takes or if he has the chance of coming back to the truck. I don't know. Yeah. But I feel like I feel like at some point they're going to have to make it like him coming back to the truck or what? Is Yuri going to leave? Like they're not going to have Yuri be in the bullpen forever. Or are they? Cuz I mean But like I I don't think so. I think they're going to find a way to make him go back to the truck. I hope so. I just think from storytelling cuz why? Like they're never going to focus on the bullpen enough. True. That's true. Like, because otherwise he'd be, you know, like, like Connie. Like, you know, Connie was around, mm-hmm. but, like, never regular enough. Right. Like, I just, I don't think from a writing standpoint and from where a character standpoint, I don't think they're not going to have him go back. Yeah. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see where, where they're going to take this in the, the last couple of episodes and, like, you know, what direction we're going to be pointed in for season seven going yeah. in. So, yeah. Um, last thing we want to talk about is Stellar Ride. Good old Slash Mom. Yeah, because we met Mama Severide. I know. Yeah. I know. Um, at the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend concert on Friday night, they sang Stacy's Mom. And I just kind of <laughs> wanted – yeah. I just was like, as we were making this part of the outline in my head, I'm like, Kelly's mom has got it going on. Except I can't think of that because the way um, the way Rachel Bloom sings it, <laughs> that was like a sexy slowed down version. It's a sexy like slowed down ballad version, which is like the best thing ever, and it's incredible, and I loved it. But like, I can't picture Severide's mom, who is supposedly a saint, <laughs> like grinding the mic stand. <laughs> like, 
the way that Rachel Bloom did. Y'all, please, over hiatus, promise us you will binge Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yeah, because we're gonna, we've already talked about what we're gonna do in terms of hiatus when we're gonna do our, like, other TV shows we watch, and we're gonna have, like, devote, like, a whole 30 minutes to Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, the other 30 minutes will be Dancing with the Stars. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) just... Guys, like, yeah. <laughs> that so, is our life. That is our life. So we met Mama Severide, and that's what we're going to kind of lead with. So I had no idea, granted, even though we – I, even though, I mean, we've read episode descriptions and I knew she was coming, I had no idea it was that ep- – like, this episode. Right. And so I was so surprised when, like, I was like, oh, shit. I like that we didn't know, though. I – yeah. Kept us on our toes. So Cruz comes in, and Cruz is like, you have a visitor on the apparatus floor. Severide's like – Bro, I'm, like, super busy with paperwork. Can you not? And Cruz is like, no, no. You want to see this. And he goes out on the apparatus floor, and it's his mom. Um, He's like, oh, my God. Yeah. And so I know a lot of people were saying that Kim Delaney seems too young to play his mom. She seemed perfect for it once we saw her. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think she's too young. So, Kelly. It's not like she looks like she's his age. Right. Right. So, you know. What if she was 16? I mean, she wasn't. We know. I think we know that for sure. But like, I feel like we know. I that. mean, granted, like, sh- there are young moms out there. There are, yeah. So it's as long as she doesn't look like she's within like five, eight years, we're good. Yeah. So Kelly gives her a big old hug. He is a total mama's boy, and it is evident from the very first scene. And I love it. I love it. <laughs> love it. So the first thing he says, he's like, "What are you doing in Chicago?" And she says, "Moving in with you." Who leads with that? Yeah, I think I'm so curious to see. I'm curious, like, as the storyline plays out, like, how often are they in contact? Like, how much do they stay in touch? Like, how much does Kelly keep her informed of his life? Whatever. Because yeah. I feel like if there's someone that talks even, like, once a week, that comment makes so much more, like, is oh, totally okay. Yeah. But if there's someone who talks, like, eh, you know, yeah. holidays on occasion, you know, maybe once a month, mm-hmm. that comment is like, whoa. Yeah. That's a lot. So she explains that her church in St. Paul is building a sister church in Chicago. So I, the gist I get from this is that after Benny cheated, she moved out of Chicago. Maybe not to St. Paul, like, immediately, but she moved to St. Paul eventually. And I think it probably took Kelly a while to accept it, but he eventually did. Right. And he even makes a comment or something about how, like, you know, you getting out of Chicago was, like, the best thing that you could have done or yeah. whatever. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he says something like, I've never seen you stronger. Like, it's, right. yeah. So, Severide introduces Stella as his roommate. Roommate, air quotes. And poor Stella. Oh, poor Stella. She goes in for the hug. Mama Sev is like, we will shake hands. And yeah. Yeah. Just, oh, poor Stella. So many awkward moments. So, Mama Sev is hanging out in the common room, and Squad is like, tell us something about Severide that we don't know. And Severide's like, you don't have to do that. And I'm over here like, yeah, please, please, please. please." And Mama Severide explains, finally, how they came to name him Kelly. Which, like, thank God, I honestly have never heard Kelly as a male name until this show. And apparently I'm like a unicorn for that, because the first time I ever tweeted that, people were like, seriously? I don't think it's uncommon. I just don't think I personally know anyone that's named Kelly as a man. I don't either, but I had never heard it as a possible name for a male. Really? No, ever. I I, I didn't even know that that was like... A unisex name? Uh, yeah, didn't know. Not at all. I oh. always was like, why? Why Kelly? Like, that's interesting. 
But she finally explained it. We finally learned that Kelly is named after his grandfather, John Kelly Sheridan. So I'm glad she explained that, though, because that's been on my mind. Like, that's been one of those, like, lingering, nagging Chicago (laughs) questions. Yeah. So poor Stella is so desperate to fit in. They're just like, oh, cool. That's how Kelly got his name. And she's like, you could have named that if he were a boy or a girl. Awkward pause. Mama Sev is not impressed. Not at all. Awkward pause. She's like, this is just not funny. So Bowden walks in. Bowden's like, oh my God, Jennifer Severide. He's like, nope, Sheridan now. And she asks if he has seen Benny. And Bowden's like, well, yeah, but like, why do you want to know? And that's that. And poor Stella is still going on in the background about Kelly being a unisex name. This poor girl. This poor girl. So they go back to Kelly and Stella's place. They take her back. And so Kelly's like, take my bed. I will take the couch. No big deal. This does become important. Yeah, this tidbit becomes very important later on. Oh, oh, so important. So once Mama Sev is out of the room, she like goes to the bathroom or something. Stella tells Severide that she's convinced that his mom hates her. She's like, she hates me. And Kelly's like, that's not possible. She's a saint. Which I could totally, I, I totally see that. Like, Stella, or Severide probably sees his mother in, like, this perfect. Like, like, can do no wrong. Yeah. Yeah. He is such a mama's boy, and it's exactly what I would expect for him, and mm-hmm. I love it so much. Love it. So then Stella takes that moment of all moments. She's like, well, what is this, what we've got? And at first I was like, Stella, time and place. Like, you're really going to ask this question now? But then Severide kind of shocked me with the answer. Really? A little bit. He was like, it's none of her business. I was like, oh, well played, Severide. Because, like, in the past, he would usually be like, it's just casual. It's nothing. He, like, blew it off. Yes. But at the same time, I was like, Severide, that doesn't answer the question. Like, get your, like, Stella wants to know. Yeah. If you like her enough, you'll give her an answer. Well, I think he doesn't even know. But, like, then just say that. Don't just say, like, it's none of my, like, it's none of my mom's business. Just be like, well, I think we're still figuring it out. Yeah. And that's okay. But just, why can't you be upfront about it? That's true, too. I, I, yeah, I guess I just really want Severide to, like, start talking about how he feels. I don't know. I was okay with that, though. The day that happens. Pigs will fly. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I understand. Um, Maybe we'll pick back up on Bertonio and maybe Bersick will reunite that day. (laughs) Oh, yay, yay. Uh, so. Do we, okay, are we taking, since I am so, like, psychic right now. Yeah, yeah. Do we see this happening in, in like, the current season? Berzik or Bertonio? Or even just Severide talking about his feelings. Severide is an emotional dude, though. This is where it, like, confused me. Severide does wear his emotions on his sleeve, but he also doesn't talk about how he feels. He will talk about how he feels. I'm telling you, the same day Berzik gets back together. Is this happening this season? No. No. And the same day pigs fly. But see, the thing is, I think I agree about the Berzik just because of where that show's going. I don't know if I feel that way necessarily. I mean, I don't know if it's happening this season, but I feel like it's happening way sooner for Severi talking about his feelings. Yeah. He's getting better about it. Mm-hmm. Give him that. Yeah. And so Mama Sev comes back. And when they had this conversation... Kelly was like, okay, well, why don't you, like, ease into it? And he explains it really well. He's like, you know, she was really hurt when she left Chicago. She's made her entire life about being cautious since. So, like, give it a minute and don't expect to be, like, instant BFFs. And so Stella takes this advice immediately. And so she's just like, okay, well, you know, tell me about the church. Like, what are you doing in Chicago? And so 
Mama Seb's church could be, or it's going to be set up in an area that Stella used to live in. And so she's like, yeah, they could definitely use the fellowship. See, Stella, that's how you bond with somebody. Slowly. But yeah, but that's how you start bonding with somebody. Yeah. You yeah. ask them things about themselves. Exactly. I can be the same way as Stella sometimes, though. I'm just like, new person, let's be friends. And so I can kind of see where Stella's coming from. Yeah. But yeah, so later at the firehouse, um, Severin and Stella and Mama Sev, they're having a conversation and they basically are dropping. So Severine and Stella are driving to the firehouse and then they're going to give the car over to Mama Sev. And so Severide's like, well, what are you going to do the rest of the day? And that's when she kind of confesses. She's like, I'm going to see your father. And she's like, I need to do it. I need to see him. I need him to know that he didn't break me. So good. And Severide's like, yeah, like, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. And then he says, like, I've never seen you stronger, which is so sweet. I I like that she made the distinction, like, I need him to know that he didn't break me. Because if you look at it, she moved out of Chicago after he hurt her. And, like, you know, she got into the church scene and everything. And, like, without her saying that, you would think, like, Benny broke her. Yeah. So I'm glad she said that, like, to say, like, he didn't break me. She just moved on and, like, you know, improved herself and just kind of did what she had to do to put it behind her. So we think. So we think. Because the next scene. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh. Okay, so Stella and Severide get home from shift, and they see Papa Severide. Good old Benny is back in the apartment. Now, remember that Mama Sev took Severide's bed. And so Papa said, or yeah, Benny comes out and then Mama Seb comes out. Wearing Benny's shirt. They had sex in his bed. Yeah, they had sex in his bed. And turns out they're getting back together. Oh my God. Okay, I have a couple questions. So do we think that Benny and Mama Seb have been secretly talking for like a little bit, not even like years, but just like a couple weeks? Because otherwise... They either had – that had to be, like, the world's best conversation or the world's best sex to, like, <laughs> decide that they're going to get back together that fast. Um, I think Benny is manipulating her. I think Benny is probably making her think that, like, yeah, we're past everything. Everything's fine. And then they're going to get back together and Benny's going to revert to his old ways. I think Benny is preying on her. I don't know what I think. I, I feel like – that's probably true, but I also feel like maybe Mama Seb isn't as, like, saintly and innocent in all this as Seb probably thinks she is. That's probably – well, you think? Like, I just feel like some she's going to stir up some kind of trouble. Probably. Like, whether she means to or not, I don't know. Benny seems like more of the troublemaker to me, but granted, we've only been around Mama Seb for one episode now, so we don't know. No. She – it just – it just seems too convenient. And, like, I feel like the words that getting back together, like, that just implies that, like, it cannot have just happened from their conversation for coffee and, like, them having good sex. Right. Like, something else is going on. Yes. And that's what that, like, seems to me. And that's why I say, like, maybe she's a little bit of trouble, like, whatever. Yeah. I'm also glad that I'm, like, wine drunk right now, so the fact that you saying, like, good sex and talking about Severide's parents doesn't faze me. <laughs> Gina, where were we last night for two hours? We were at the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend concert. What did they talk about for two hours? Oh, God. All sorts of stuff we should not repeat. Right. <laughs> like, 
if we can do that, like, and especially one song that we literally talked about, <laughs> all the fact that, like, otherwise, except in that space, it would make us very uncomfortable, mm. we can do this. We can. You are correct. You are correct. Yeah, so. And if you if you watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, you know what song we're talking you about. You totally know what we're, ta- we're talking about. There's a punctuation mark involved. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, uh, yeah, so. <laughs> that's how it ends is with well no it ends with the Dossie scene but that's how the Severide stuff ends no, it ends with the Bowden scene what Bowden scene the Bowden and Otis um Otis talking about how he wants the bull yeah but back. the whole episode ends with Dossie no it doesn't I swear it does I swear it doesn't I swear it ends with the Bowden and Otis scene okay well whatever that's how the Severide stuff ends right either way that is the end of us recapping this episode yes um but we should also mention the one scene where the camera catches Severide's eyes perfectly is when he realizes that his parents banged in his bed <laughs> yeah and it's like holy Severide eyes oh uh, beautiful blue Severide eyes so yeah but that is about all we've got for this episode <laughs> Any other last things that you want to add, last minute notes? No. No? I can't get my head out of <laughs> the punctuation song. Uh, we're probably going to listen to it and sing it as soon as we finish recording. Yep. Yeah, probably. Yep. So, guys, um, if you love the podcast, which we really, really hope you do, please rate and review us on iTunes. We would so, so greatly appreciate it. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell whoever else you know who watches One Chicago that there is a podcast. And occasionally, Gina and Bryna get drunk while they do it. Yeah, if we're in the same place. Yeah, if we're in the same place, which doesn't happen very often. But, yeah, um, if you guys could do that, that would be great. Follow us everywhere. We are all over social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. We are Meet Us at Molly's right across the board. You can always email us, meetusatmollys at gmail.com. Our inbox is a safe space, always. Anything you guys want to talk about is totally cool with us. Follow us individually on Twitter. I am at Gina Watches TV, Bryna. I am at Bryna K13. Ashley is at Ashnick095. That is Nick N I C. There is no K. We miss her. We still talk to her. We were just talking about uh, Marina's agency switch the other day, right? Yeah. In Dancing yeah. with the Stars. Dancing with the Stars, which we talk about a lot. Yeah. Excited for the season. Confused by the season, but excited. I'm not crazy about Tonya Harding. Yeah, I know. I'm just confused. That means a double elimination is happening every week. Um, it's going to be like Game of Thrones on that show every week. <laughs> this season is going to be Game of Thrones. It's just going to be the Red Wedding House every single stars. week. House of Stars. What? Yeah, House, House of, of stars. stars. That's literally, yeah, House of Stars. Yeah. So, yeah, follow us individually on Twitter. Guys, we are getting so much closer to 1,000 followers. Did I say that grammatically correct? So much closer? I don't know. But we're getting a lot closer to 1,000 followers. That's so. Better. That is so much better. If you don't follow us on Twitter, please consider doing so. It's Meet Us at Molly's, and that's about all we've got. So this coming week is a little busy for us. Um, well, yeah. Yeah. You especially. Me especially. I'm out of town right now, as evidenced by the fact that I'm sitting next to Bryna in D.C. Um, I go back home, and then I fly out again to Nashville in the middle of the week. So we're thinking of probably doing a quick hits episode for med. PD and Fire. Yeah, all three come back this week. Yeah, all three come back. We'll probably do a quick hits episode that will be out on Friday. No, because Fire doesn't air till Thursday. Fire airs on Thursday. No, that would be Monday. Quick hits next Monday. 
There we go. Much better. Yeah. It's again, it's a crazy week. And on Wednesday when you I like can't record on Thursday night anyway, you're gonna be in Nashville, like in the thick of con. You are correct. I will be. <laughs> you are not watching that any yeah, no, Gina, no. Uh, yeah, just whatever. Yeah, so we will see you next Monday for a new episode. It'll probably be quick hits, and that's about all we've got. So everybody have a good week and we will see you next Monday. Bye.